Hello, and welcome to King of Our Nightmares, a Stephen King podcast. I'm Jeremy. I'm Noah. And we are going to talk about Stephen King's first fiction story, Carrie. What is it called in Germany? Carrie. Is it actually? It is Carrie. We'll be talking about some things because Noah's read the ger- most of the German translations, which are notoriously bad. Yeah. And I have not. This is so. When Noah and I first became friends, we talked a lot of Stephen King. Talk some Star Wars, we talked Stephen King, specifically The Dark Tower. But then it became apparent when I realized that Noah had read every Stephen King book. And I had not. I've read quite a few, but I have not read a whole hell of a lot of them. By the way, these are going to not only be live streams, but we're going to say whatever the fuck we want to because these books are pretty explicit. So, no this. You have to. Uh, So, why don't we talk about what Carrie is about? The the novella that got told... that became a novel, kind of. Kind of a novel, yep. You want me to give like a synopsis of the story? Yes. Yes. Ooh. How do I do okay. it? Okay. I can do it. The book I'll is all it. about Carrie White, a 16, 17 yearish. 17 year old senior in high school who's an outcast. Her mother's a crazy religious nut um the the girls in school bully her she's just an outcast uh and the book opens she has her first period in the showers at school and the girls throw tampons at her she doesn't know because she's so sheltered by her her psychotic mother what menstruation is and she thinks she's dying and then we find out that she's psychic and has telekinetic powers. And the book is about how one of the girls feels really bad for what she did, so she convinces her uh, boyfriend to take Carrie to the prom. The main bully doesn't like this, and she and her psychotic boyfriend plan a horrible prank on Carrie, and all hell breaks loose. Carrie is sort of two books. The first is the story of Carrie White, the narrative, and the other is other accounts of what happened to Carrie White and the town that she lived in. And we're going to get into spoilers in this. These are analysis. Um, She kills like half the town. Yeah. and, and just an uncontrollable uh, telekinetic rage. And she burns the town down, she kills most of the high schoolers at the prom, uh, she kills, she just kills like everyone. And it's, it's interesting, but there are some problems with this book. And I want to bring this up with Carrie. Stephen King at this time, this was the early to mid 70s, about 74, correct? 73, 74. Yeah, when 74 when this came out. Stephen King was a poor writer. 
they just got out. He had just started a family with his wife, Tabitha, and he would write stories for magazines so that they could eat. Harry was one of those where he wrote it as a short story, thought it was garbage, threw it away. His wife pulled it out of the garbage and said, hey, why don't you work this out? So Carrie's based off of two girls he knew growing up that died at very young ages. Yes. One committed suicide and the other one was like murdered or something like that. Or they may have both committed suicide. I don't know. But he was working through some demons with that. And that's how Carrie White was formed. Um, this book... This book is 50-50. When it's good, it's really good. But when we get to all the magazines on telekinetic energy and stuff, it gets a little tedious. Yes, because another behind-the-scenes thing. After his wife convinced him to pull it out of the garbage, finish it, it was a novella. It was not quite a novel, not quite a short story. And when he went to a publisher, they said you know what, okay, we we want to publish this, this is decent enough, but it's very short, you have to make it longer. So instead of, like, reworking the story or anything, he just inserted a bunch of, like, news articles and, like, quotes and whatever. Yeah, and some of, them, some of them feel okay, but others feel really out of yeah. place. Yeah, uh, some of them do, like, good foreshadowing. Yeah, it, some of it's not so good foreshadowing. Yeah. I call this the reverse the stand, where the stand originally, when we talk about the stand, had to have pages cut. It was too long, it would cost too much to publish. So um they decided, okay, we're going to we're just gonna cut pieces out of it. With this, there's had to add things. And and some there's some interesting things because this has been made into like several movies. Yeah. Only so one which is worth watching, which is the De Palma film, which is pretty different in certain regards. Um but there's there's a few things I really wanted to talk about in this. The first is just the backstory into Carrie's mother's psychosis, which mm-hmm. is not a lot uh, to it, and Noah's already frozen. We, we're off to a good start. Good start. Seven minutes in. My internet is garbage. My internet is garbage. Yeah. Sorry, Pete. It, it is what it is. I mean, Noah's in Germany. I'm in California. You know, we're doing the best. We're doing the best we can right now. Um. Yep. With her, her mother has this thing against the world, and they're all going to go to hell, and they're all sinners. And she has the prayer closet where she'll lock Carrie in there to pray her sins away, which is disturbing mm-hmm. on so many regards. Like to the point where she's like gone to the she's been forced to go to the bathroom in the prayer closet, and so it's just it's so fucked up. And she's this poor girl has just been horribly abused yeah. by not just her mother, but like her classmates have just bullied her to no end. And uh, she just has enough. And it's about a, a girl. Well, she figures starts to figure out she has psychic powers on the way home from 
school after her, her period incident, she gets sent home and she throws a kid off of his bike. And then she just starts working out her psychic powers. And she finally just loses it at the prom when uh, the bullies dump a bunch, a bucket of pig's blood on her and then drop the bucket on her date, kills him. And then she just loses it and just starts throwing people, a bunch of people burn to death. People get electrocuted. Uh, It's just, it's sad. It's a tragic story. Um, Because you want, you start rooting for her to just kill all these people, which is such a weird thing to think about. Is that you're like, yeah, I hope you you kill all, they deserve it. Uh, it's interesting. Stephen King has this ability for you to cheer for some of the most heinous things. This is one of those examples. Um, and he really writes a misfit well, I think. Yeah. And that's one of his strong suits. And, he, and in this era, he was good at writing kids and teenagers. They just, they feel natural. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's just... Uh, another character I want to bring up is Susan Snell, who's the girl that feels guilty about care, uh, bullying Carrie, and so she le- she has her boyfriend take him to take Carrie to the prom, and uh, she there's a weird pregnancy subplot in this that I I, always, I found fascinating, where she she and her little high school sweetheart. You know, they lose their virginities together, and it's kind of romantic. And then Carrie makes her have an abortion? It's the beginning of Stephen King weirdness. Kind of. She has her period, but I think it's to symbolize that her that was her punishment. Because mm. Carrie can't... Carrie can't differentiate friend from foe by the end. And yeah, it's 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 an interesting story. There's not it's, Carrie is so short that there's not a lot to discuss with it. I forgot how short Carrie was. I, yeah. I this is only my second time reading it, and I read it back in high school, maybe middle school. This is one of the early King books I read. Um so it's just hard for me to remember certain things with it. Uh, what I initially thought as because like, I knew what was coming in this, which with a lot of these books coming up, I've never read. So it's going to be interesting to get first thoughts, but this was like returning to an old story, which is always an interesting thing. And you just have different perspective each time. And I appreciate Carrie for what it is, but it's definitely an author's first novel. Oh yeah, definitely. It, it's not a polished gem, but I get why it appealed in the 70s. It was the right book at the right time for Stephen King. Um, no, what do you think of Carrie? I pretty much agree with you. Like, I enjoy it, definitely. But yeah, you can tell that's his first try. It's not really polished. And I mean, it has an interesting structure that makes it different from his other books. Yes. But then again, you can also criticize it at some points in the story. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I would say 
what's interesting, most of like the Stephen King, his standard stuff is already in here. We have the outcast main character. We have this supernatural element. We have the destruction of a little town in Maine. Mm-hmm. Which all wanna... the thing is an alcoholic author. Yeah, that's true. He hasn't. He hasn't got religious gotten... fanatics. What's that? Religious. Oh fanatics. yeah, that's, that's also in. Um, I will say that it was hard to read this time around, being someone who survived his, uh, their town being burned to the ground. That was a little rough to read on the spree read. I forgot that that happened because that's not something with the exception of the terrible made for TV movie. That's not something they do in the, the carry films. But uh, do we want to talk about the films briefly? I mean, very briefly, because yeah, we probably should mention them. Uh, so Brian De Palma did the famous film in the late seventies. Um, which is, I think is a solid film as far as Stephen King theatrical releases are. It's one of the better ones. Yeah, Stephen King himself even said, oh yeah, that's better than my book. Yeah, in certain ways, they change certain things. Um, how Carrie's mother dies is pretty symbolic and works really well on the screen. That's the th- that's one of the main things that stands out to me. Uh, then they made a sequel to it in the 90s called... The ra- carry to the rage or the rage carry the to rage carry to, which I find a really funny film. It's it's awful. That's when Stephen King. I think he checked out at that point with the carry property. Um, then they made a made for TV film that's really bad. Um, that pulls more from the novel, pulls the most from the novel, but has the distinct. Uh, differ. It was supposed to be a TV pilot, but never got picked up. And Carrie survives at the end of it, which is bizarre and doesn't really work. And she and Snoo- Sue Snell like are on the run. That was going to be the show. What? Uh huh. I didn't know how this how this remake ended. Oh yeah, that's a thing. It's bad though. Um. Then they remade it, and it was literally they got the writer who wrote the screenplay for the De Palma film, and I think he just printed out the De Palma script and gave it to them. And so they had another guy. Did they actually? Are you there, dude? Did they actually? Yeah, I'm here. All right, internet again. Did they actually get the same writer, or did they just lose his script? Uh, he was because I remember it was pretty much the exact same story. Uh, yeah, it's almost a shot-for-shot remake. It reminds me a lot of the terrible Gus Van Sam Psycho remake, where that was literally intentionally a shot-for-shot remake. The only difference is uh, terrible acting, for one thing, and also Vince Vaughn screaming fuck at the top of his lungs after the shower scene, and running around like an idiot. Um, um, yeah, it, it, it's basically the De Palma film with cell phones, but that's not used well. The technology in it to modernize no. it is not, it's not done very well at all. There's some good effects in no. it. No. Did you say no to the effects? No, I said no to the this- Cell phones, the stuff being well done. 
because the story yeah. hardly works in like modern day. Yeah, no, it it's a product of the seventies and its tone and the structure. It's it's yeah, and the the film of Carrie is one of the best uh, ends to the new Hollywood era of filmmaking. I think it's solid. Um, yeah, that's Carrie. That's pretty much it. It, it. It's a solid story. It's not his best. It's definitely not his worst. No, there's so much worse. There's no Gwendy in it. Don't remind <laughs> me of Gwendy, please. We got years before we have to talk, start talking Gwendy. Yeah. I should have named this uh, podcast Gwendy Boys. <laughs> The Gwendy Boys podcast. We all know Gwendy is the yeah. greatest character of all time. She's the Ahsoka yeah. of uh, <laughs> the of uh, universe. universe. She is the Dark Tower. That's my theory for Gwendy three. She is the um, the human embodiment. Yeah, <laughs> and it's in space. She's gonna fly out with Madrin and it. Watch, oh, she's gonna like oh. cry when Madrin dies in it. No one knows what we're talking about right now. Small time's probably Should confused. We it? No, we're not gonna explain Madrin until we get to it. Should we explain what Gwendy is? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. Um You will find out in five years when we get to Gwendy. Ten years. Ten. It's gonna take two years to read. Yeah, I mean, King's Bookshelf. I mean, that's like sixty books. Mm-hmm. Oh god, dude, that's... it is a lot. And he's like writing for a year. Yeah, the next one is coming out in August or September. This yeah, it's gonna be crazy. Um, I will say, I am a big fan of this little collection Barnes and Noble put out, which is. A three book set with Carrie Salem's Lot The Shining, his first three novels. It's got the bucket of blood that's dumped on Carrie, and for some reason, a bee. I'm not sure why. Oh, a shining. Oh, yeah. Vaguely remember that. Does it have anything with Salem's Lot on the no. back or something? No. Oh. Oh, SK. Oh, that looks nice. It does. They also did one of these for the the complete uncut version of The Shining, which I have back there. It's the orange book. The stand? Yeah. I said Shining. I meant the The uncut version of The Shining. The uncut version where he he changes Jack Torrance's name to Stephen King. Yeah. (laughs) And where he just insults Stanley Kubrick for like 500 pages. All work and no pay, uh, play makes Jack a dull boy. Oh boy, when we get to Shining. Yeah. I can't okay. wait to talk about it. I just read The Shining. It's going to be interesting to read it again with Dr. Sleep in mind. Oh yeah, true. But because... next up is uh, Salem's Lot. Yes. Oh, which we yeah. have to pair up with uh, two short stories. But they are in Night Shift, his first collection, which we are also going to talk about. I point. won't even bother. We'll talk. You can mention them briefly, but okay. uh, we'll, we'll talk about them when we talk about Night Shift. 
Okay, that's fine. I'm just going to say, oh yeah, there's an epilogue in short story format. Night Shift, when we talk about the 2000 Children of the Corn sequels. Oh, so much fun to talk about. And this episode is so short because it's like, Carrie, that's his first. It's decent. It's good. Uh, I would say it's good, with the exception of the... I keep wanting to call them interludes because of reading... Uh, they they are, but they don't say interlude, which is one of my least favorite things in modern fiction. Uh, can you imagine Carrie written by Chuck Wendig? Or Alex White. The I call him the refined Chuck Wendig. He only writes alien books where he runs out of uh, adjectives to describe things, so people just say fuck. That's Alex White right there. He's a more refined Chuck Wendig because he doesn't say space diapers, but he just replaces it with fuck. And people love his books. I don't understand it. But this isn't a rant about Alex White podcast. This is Stephen King. Yeah. Um, but with Carrie, I'm thinking is there if there's something more we can talk about. I mean, she doesn't. Isn't there a connection to her in the Dark Tower? Briefly, she is mentioned. And I don't remember it. Yeah, it was very quick. It was. <sighs> It might have been a mention of the Brian De Palma film. Oh, or like Eddie talks about it. He yeah. also talks about The Shining. Eddie he also talks, talks about, about Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> He's the expert in pop culture. Because, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that when we talk about drawing that's, of the three in Wastelands. Yeah, that's, that's going to be fun when we do Dark Tower in, like, publication history. Oh, God, when, when we don't deal with the Dark Tower for years at a time. It'd be like when I read it the first time. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention Carrie. Um, the psychotic boyfriend of the main bad guy in this. Oh, he's movie. weird. He's weird as hell. He's a he's weird for Stephen King villains because he's I like don't... he's into her because she's diff. She's into him because he's bad. Hmm. He's. I'm not sure why he likes her because he stops. Not, he stops liking her because he's a psychopath. He gets off more beating a pig to death with a, a sledgehammer than he does having sex with her. And he beats her, and, and like they have, he forces himself on her. Yes, it, it's disturbing. It is. They, they both get killed. Yeah, and. And in the movie, in the movie, he's played. If I'm not wrong, he's played by John Travolta. Yes, he is. Uh, which is weird. Yeah. It, John Travolta was really big at the time. Yeah, that's that's uh, that disco era Travolta. <laughs> but uh, all I can think of now with Travolta is like the fanatic or something. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Fred Durst's take on mental health problems. Yeah. Who let Who's the- in the house? <laughs> oh god! Great, great film masterpiece. You all need to watch it. You don't. You don't mention Pulp Fiction. You mentioned no. the fanatic. Yeah, the fanatic. <laughs> Thank that's, you. That's, Battlefield Earth. Oh, when he produced it, he calls the the main character Rat Brain. Oh, man, but this is this is pretty much. Yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about uh, Miss Jis Jarden. 
the, the PE teacher that feels bad and then gets thrown oh, and gets yeah. a bloody. Yeah, um, because that brings up something where the thing with uh, with Carrie, the ending is actually, honestly, it's not just that Carrie dies that's tragic, it's the town dies. And people yeah. kind of give up. It's it's interesting. It's not a happy ending, but it's not a Bachman ending. Mm. Which when we get to, like, Rage, for instance, yeah. we'll We'll talk about the Bachman stuff. Bachman stuff. We talk about um, the regulators. <laughs> the end. Of the you haven't even read it yet, but I told you what it is. <laughs> I know. I can't wait to read it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it it the town just dies. People leave it. People quit. People feel guilty. Yeah, which um, is a thing that's gonna pop up in a bunch of Stephen King books, like in the very next one, like with the town <laughs> being pretty much destroyed. Yeah, yeah. When we talk about the wonderful Salem's Lot, which but, I need uh, to read again. Me too. Um, once I finish, I'm in the middle of The Godfather right now, mm-hmm. but that's the next book I'm tackling because it's significantly longer than Carrie. It's yeah. twice. You know what? What a really good joke is when he mm. when King wrote Carrie, like his publisher told him, "Yeah, this is nice, but you have to write something a little bit longer." And then Stephen King, most of his books are like eight hundred page monster. Well, I mean, under the dome, it's like over a thousand two hundred pages. Yeah, it's long. Where um, Insomnia is really long too. If I'm not, but oh, it's a- also eight hundred pages. Yep. And uh, desperation, because Matthew, our friend, the geeks addict, was like Stephen King. He's the guy who writes those giant books, right? I had to show him that not all of them are long, but in recent years, they're all pretty long, unless they're the the hard case crime stuff. Yeah, which okay. he should write more of because they are good and short. Yeah. Um. This breaks the rule, though. I have a rule with Stephen King. When you hit about four, five hundred pages, rape happens. That's a thing. It is a thing in his books, especially '80s stuff. I think of it. Uh, yeah, the famous scene. The infamous scene. We won't talk about on here. Yeah, not, right not, now, not yet. Uh, but I think the stand. The yeah, um, Dark Tower. Yeah, and well, that's you not think- true because there's there's near that in the fur in Gunslinger. Yeah, I but if you think- that in every single one of his uh, Dark Tower books, except for Wind Through the Key, actually no, well that deals with domestic violence. I don't know, maybe it's implied. Hmm. But if you think Stephen King is bad when it comes to like rape and stuff, we we should read Richard Lehman books because that's that's gonna give you a heart attack. I I, I don't want to. Uh, I I don't want to deal with that at all. I've already read some Clive Barker. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um. Anyway, that's pretty much it for our inaugural episode. Of yeah. Our nightmares. 
Hope you all enjoyed it. We'll be continuing in this volume of it, and we'll be reading Salem's Lot. What's that called in uh, German? Let me get it. This one is really fascinating because it's grammatically wrong in every language. <laughs> it's not a joke. So here is a hardcover of it. I collect this edition. Brennen muss Salem, which translates to burn must Salem. <laughs> That's not how you write it in German. That's not how you write it in English, but here it, it's also a spoiler. How would you write it? Salem benefits. Salem must burn. Salem must burn. Okay. Like obviously, and it's grammatically wrong. It's a spoiler for the ending. So yeah. Like... But I mean, anyway. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this. We'll see you soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, I almost left the studio. <laughs>